Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome again to the show. It's been a long time um, since my last episode, but here I am again. Um, last week it was a bit difficult to release an episode because I was attending the Outside Lands Festival in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Uh, originally I had bought a pass for the festival, but then I looked at the schedule and I didn't really think that it warranted the price for the, the many overlaps, and I was already kind of skeptical about the lineup anyway, but I still wanted to go, so I sold my pass to a friend of mine. Actually, I sold my pass to Andrew, who's uh, he was the uh, guest on the show today. It's funny how that works out, but anyway, I did that, and then I looked on Craigslist and end up, ended up getting uh, hired for the weekend, pouring wine for this um, for this company that... Um, so they assign you a different winery in the, the wine tent, and I happen to be um, assigned with Claypool Cellars. Uh, shout out to them, they're really amazing. Um, they, I think out of all of the, the, the wineries that were represented there, I had, I had the most fun. Um, and if, for those of you who might be wondering, yes, it is affiliated with... Primus bassist Les Claypool, so that was really cool. I was uh, I was handling his wine. I, I his wife came by and I sold his wife their own wine. That was kind of weird, but uh, I made some generous pours for people who were affiliated with the Claypool family, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing that, and I got to see. A lot of the bands that I was I've been excited to see, like LCD Sound System, and I got to see Les Claypool play. I I was at the front row shouting at him that I, I pour your wine, man. So that was a lot of fun. It was Les Claypool with Sean Lennon, who is John Lennon's son with Yoko Ono. They have this band called the Claypool Lennon Delirium. So if you need a recommendation for something to listen to, of course. LCD Sound System is a winner, and so is the new album by the Claypool of Lennon Delirium. On top of that, I got to see... who else was a highlight? got to see Dive, um, finally. They play a lot, but I, I haven't gotten a chance to catch them. Who else? Lionel Richie was one of the headliners, and I wasn't so excited to see Lionel Richie, but he puts on a good show. A lot of old R&B hits, so, uh, overall I wouldn't recommend Outside Lands, actually, it's, it's, for, for one, it's not so nice, the weather is not so nice in San Francisco in the summer, so it was quite cloudy and foggy and cold, which is not what I look for in a music festival, I think, warm summer weather, and I think a lot of people were looking for that, and the problem with that is a lot of these Southern California Kids with a lot of money, they come up and they expect ex expect something from a, from a music festival, and a lot of them, I think, may have been disappointed. And the thing is, they're they're not so much there for the music itself. Then to it's, it's sort of what what happens with Coachella. People go to Coachella just to say they went to Coachella, and unfortunately, I think that's happening with outside lands. Um, and I think it happened, because uh, Outside Lands started just a few years before Firefly, which is in Delaware, in my home state, and both festivals, I think, have gone down that route of attracting people who are not necessarily there for the experience of the music, per se. Um, but anyway, I had a great time, I made money, I was paid to go to the festival, and... Um, maybe if you guys are looking for a festival, look for a different one. But uh, but yeah, um, let's get these uh, get these plugs out of the way, and we'll get into this week's episode. Um, so if you want to support the podcast, one way is to go on Amazon. Uh, you can well my Amazon link. Don't just go on Amazon because that doesn't help me at all. Go on funboatdiplomacy.com, and on the right hand side of all my pages, there should be a link. Well, there is a link to uh, my Amazon portal. There's a little box that says Amazon portal. Click on that, bookmark it, and whenever you buy something on Amazon, go through that, and Amazon will give me a small percentage of your purchase. 
and uh, additionally you can use my Patreon page and for those of you who don't know Patreon is a platform where creatives and people with projects can get pledged donations for their projects so for me for example you can pledge a dollar an episode if that's what you think the value should be more is better less is okay too um, so also underneath the Amazon portal box on funboatdiplomacy.com you'll find um, you'll find the link for the Patreon account. Uh, you can go on patreon.com forward slash funboatdiplomat or just go on funboatdiplomacy.com. Up to you. So, yeah, uh, this week's episode is with my good friend Andrew Diao. Uh, I stayed with him for uh, a couple weeks in San Francisco uh, as I went through my transition phase. Now I'm in South Lake Tahoe, uh, for those of you who don't know. I bet a lot of you don't know, but yeah, I'm spending the remainder of my summer and some of September, October uh, in Lake Tahoe to get some work done, get some writing done. I'll put out more articles on funboatdiplomacy.com, and also it's time for me to, to get to read some books that I've accumulated over the year and enjoy some nature. But anyway, um, let's get into this week's episode with... Andrew Diao. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Fun Book Diplomacy Podcast. I'm here today with Andrew Diao. Welcome. Thank you. You want to introduce yourself to the podcast Hi. audience? Uh, I'm Andrew, and uh, I'm from China. Um, and I just recently moved to San Francisco. To the tenderloin. To the tenderloin. Yeah. I think some people might know what the tenderloin is, but for those who don't know, do you want to let people in on your world, your so, future world? I've gotten really curious about the tenderloin. I asked somebody what it, why it was called the tenderloin because I think I actually said, don't know what's yeah called. yeah. So and uh, pe people don't know that. And asked two people today who were uh, lifetime San Francisco natives. They didn't know. And so tenderloin is this place which is very close to downtown area, the very uh, affluent area. Uh, but it's very isolated, and it's known for where all the homeless people go to, mm -hmm. um, where they gather and where they have, like, their night markets and, and exchanges where they sell stolen stuff uh, throughout the day and take uh, and sell drugs and uh, all sorts of um, criminal activity happen. Uh, so people have, like, this association with it, and it's... Uh, so, as it turns out... Uh, some a German person uh, from my hostel looked it up, and the reason why is because the uh, back probably before you know the whole uh, racial equality thing was a thing here. Uh, the police in every city would uh, call a certain area of the city, regardless of which city it was, the Tenderloin, because that's where they go hunting for the most arrests. Mm. Because the that's where the crime spot. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the tenderloin for them, because the tenderloin is the best cut of the beef. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it's the it. most interesting part. Got it. Yeah, I want to comment. Does have you tasted this? Oh, the Campari. Yeah. Let me know if that's how it's supposed to taste. Yep. That takes some. Yep. That takes some getting used to. I had my yep. foot. Hold on. Tastes like medicine. It, it's not. Ter it reminds me of Chinese Chinese med like herbal medicine. Yeah. What is it made of? Do you know? I don't. No, some. Whatever. The herbs. Yeah, it tastes kind of herbal. Um, it's a funny story. Do you want to let people know what? Uh, oh yeah. You, earlier, you were telling me about your experience. Oh yeah. What's it called? Cam Campari. Campari. And uh, an Italian liquor. Yeah, it's a type of liquor called the uh, aperitif, which is a liquor that uh, people use to drink to give them before they eat. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't know any of this. So. Grew up in East Asia and was sort of generally very socially very awkward, very very awkward. Didn't have uh, really friends and was just generally a nerd, but not like a genius nerd, but like just above average nerd. Okay. Um, uh, so in Singapore, the military was man mandatory. So after school, I graduated. I went to uh, do do that, and so the first, which means that the first time that I sort of had some sort of semblance of income. Uh, was when they started paying me uh, in the army, and so me being nineteen at that point in time, which uh, made me also eligible to purchase alcohol, and uh, I've never really done anything like that, anything that was kind of like 
you know, behind my parents, feel that was like behind my parents' back, who were pretty in general like traditional Asian. Uh, so I was like, I don't, uh, and and there was one time I was like, I, I, I was flipping through uh, a magazine and uh, it was. And uh, it had a picture of Jessica Alba sitting next to a pool, <laughs> and uh, she was she was like all reclined and shit in the water, and uh, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was wearing sunglasses, just like in absolute ecstasy, you know, mm-hmm. like. And next to her was an open bottle of Campari, and uh, I was like, I need that shit. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is what classy people drink. So with your with your my first uh, first paycheck paycheck, I went to the store and I got a bottle of Campari. How did you feel? Uh, I felt great. Yeah. I felt like... This is going to make us feel good. I think so. Yeah. I did sort of get drunk. It's it's, uh, it's growing on me. Yeah. It's something I could sip with ice. It's, I mean, that's what we're doing now, but it's something I could just do that with. I enjoyed... The immediate taste is, is repulsive, but then the aftertaste is where mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. at. It's kind of like coffee. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious what... Uh, what is in... Yeah, let's see. Oh, um, we can Google this. Campari. Yeah. Let's go. Is Wikipedia going to be the first thing? What's going on? Campari is an alcoholic liqueur. Mm-hmm. Confusion of herbs and fruit, including Chinoto and Cascarilla. I don't know what the fuck these things are. <laughs> it's bitter, characterized by dark red, dark red color. Uh, cocktails are commonly served with water or citrus. Uh, there's some citrus in it. It kind of tastes like the uh, yeah, the rind like of the rind peel? of a, yeah, yeah. Um, of the uh, of like a, a yeah. orange or a lemon or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not really getting. It's a dark. There's a lot of shit. Almost that I don't purplish know. red, or maybe that's just the cup. Actually, that's just the cup. <laughs> I think it <laughs> the is the darkish red though. Anyway. I don't I don't know most of these things. I'm stupid and I don't know what this is. Whatever. But drinking Campari makes you a better person. <laughs> it makes you Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, explain to me your history. You grew you grew up in China or did you grow yes. up in Singapore? So I sort of did half and half. Um uh my dad's side of the story was where, where things started getting weird. Um, and things were very much normal. They were just a normal family of illiterate rice peasants. Uh, in During the Chinese Cultural Revolution, when my dad was born, he was the last son of a chain of five sons, uh, most of which, I mean, most of the family were, were illiterate. And uh, my dad went to, uh, I mean, like, his, the, it was only like his the third, second or third brother, which was were the ones who made it past, like, uh, middle school. And so my dad happened to get to uh, being a physicist in Singapore because he happened to be the youngest son of the chain. And also he was born at the right time, at the right place. Um, and it was after all that, uh, all that, the famine happened during the Cultural Revolution during which people ate each other. And so, so as it turns out, like, the only reason why my, like, uncles aren't dead is, is because, like, uh, my grandmother... She was appointed the village uh, representative for the for the party or something like, like the woman's uh, leader or some shit like that, mm-hmm. and so she had access to the granary and so she stole from the granary every day. Dope. Yeah, and to <laughs> feed feed uh, feed her uh, sons so that they wouldn't die. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> and so uh, when my dad graduated from high school, so he happened to be really good at physics and that w- and he had the opportunity to because his oldest brother was who was born who was eighteen when he was born went to the military. And uh, started, you know, sending home money and shit. And so he had money to go to school and eventually went to the the city closest to him's high school. And, and, you know, he did really well. And also, when he went to high school, the exact same year, Mao Zedong died. And so Deng Xiaoping took over uh, in terms of, uh, of thought, of the thought of the country. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, which and he he valued education a lot as opposed to Mao who you know doesn't give a shit like he, yeah he's he fucking no, burned books and shit he's an but idiot. Yeah. well not an idiot but oh he's actually an idiot he's, he did a lot of idiotic there's some smart things that he did militarily he and, was charismatic yeah but he doesn't know how to run a country this was not only that but just com- to, to, to detached from reality yeah completely yeah he's not uh, not a complete idiot but he's just detached from yes. reality. When people think you're some sort of god, you read and everyone has to read his books right. and shit. 
cult of personality is what's happening in North Korea right now. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so Deng uh, Xiaoping made education free for a couple of years, uh, during which my dad went to, went to the distant city to go to college and, yeah, and started doing physics. I mean, he, was always, he always liked physics, and so, um, so the entire way, uh, and then he met my mom, then he had me, and uh, he went to work as a department store clerk uh, after he graduated. Uh, didn't really have uh, no any idea what he was doing. Neither did my mom. So like they were just like fucking around in the city, just like being just like these. Which city? Uh, Hefei. It's in Anhui province, which also was pretty damn uh, just just really poor. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So was and, this the eighties or nineties? Yeah, or? yeah. It was it was in nineties. I was born in ninety one. Uh, so they put me in the. Uh, I just grew up with my grandma. So like for most until I could remember, uh, I was I just grew up with my grandma. You know, on the farms and you know we just ate rice porridge and shit. And it was awesome. And she would like whenever I behaved really well, like. Once in a while, she the the best shit ever was when she makes like white rice porridge, and uh, and I, if I was really really good and helped her with like the the buffalo and shit and uh and, and I was like really really like proactive about picking up poop for fertilizer and shit like that, uh she would take this jar a porcelain jar from above the cabinet where I can't reach because I'm a fucking short ass kid, um, and she would uh take uh, open it and. Just and just scoop out these big spoonfuls of sugar, and just mix them up. Straight up sugar. Just straight up sugar, like That's fucked. Three whole spoonfuls. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure she's never short on me. Yo, fuck man. <laughs> and that was the best shit ever. <laughs> Porridge with sugar, fuck. Yeah. Man, uh, times are hard. First memories. Yeah, fuck. Um. Yeah, but they weren't hard, you know, because it was just like my life. Like I didn't know anything. It was more, but I mean, I eventually moved to the city with my parents, but it was like, still just we're just barely, you know, lower middle class, and just slowly all uh, my dad, you know, started being paid more by university, and but I, I mean, I didn't know anybody who owned a car until I was thirteen, um, and but at this point they were still like trying, they're still trying to bounce back from the horrific effects of. The implementation of communism. So. Oh no! They, it was never. They never saw it like that. It was just their. It was just their lives. You know? But that's just how. But that's like how. We, they never how we would say it. We would see. Oh, they don't even have cars. It would eventually. Right, but it was never the case for them, you know, because it was just always, uh, always improving for them. Life was always getting better for them, right. every single step of the way, and that's kind of how it has been for for me too. Like, uh, I mean, I feel like. At this point of the time, like, I don't know. I just have this, like, very embedded ability to enjoy, like, really crappy sh stuff. And I have this... Crappy stuff meaning... Like, stuff that things, other people think is really crappy. I just think... Or... Right, like, uh, Panda Express. Like, I... I, I like Panda it, Express. I fucking love Panda Express now. <laughs> like, other Chinese people, like, say, fuck Panda Express. It's, it's not real Chinese food. Well... Fuck them. You know what? Like, you know what? I, I don't hate it. I just wouldn't choose to eat it all the time. It's not... I would give it maybe a 6 out of 10. I could eat it. It's just... It's not something I would jump on, you know? Well, see, I'd give it 9 out of 10. Because <laughs> it's so consistent, man. No, but, that's what that's something I love about fast food. Yeah. Everybody has criticism of fast food, of course. Yeah. But what I think is so incredible is that it's consistent. No matter where you go. Yeah. Pan Express, Pan Express. It's all the same thing. Yeah. And I kind of, like, think of my life in a very dr dramatized way. And, like, kind of... I think of my life more in hindsight more than I do uh, in, like, immediate enjoyment. So, like, I sort of in enjoy, like, very uncomfortable experiences... And almost in a way, like, if uh, experience is more dramatic and more, like, sort of uh, air quote romantic in a certain way, like, I, I just think I enjoy more, but I just don't remember what I did because my mind makes shit up. And, like, in terms of Japan Express, like, if I ate a really nice steak at some restaurant or some shit like that, I'm pretty sure, like, the immediate enjoyment because, you know, the cook puts, like, a lot of effort into that shit. And 
they've been trained for so many years, and they know how to like please someone's uh, mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Understand, and and so it, the immediate in, in, enjoy, enjoyment would be would be definitely like orders of magnitude higher than like if you got orange chicken and Pan Express. But like when I think about it, like when I think about how like because when I after I eat, I'm just like holy shit, I'm kind of full, and I just I remember that, that itself is euphoric, right? And I the the I, the, the the desire for food just isn't there anymore because it's already satisfied. So like I think about it in terms of what I want to think about it. And general was like, oh shit, I want to, uh, like, the fact that I was able to enjoy Pan Express, oh shit, that's, that's, that's really cool. That's lucky. That's like me and The Hobbit. Then you know the movies? Yeah. With the Hobbit movies, everyone hated them. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I thought that was dope. Like, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not a good movie, I can admit that, but I enjoyed watching it. I didn't it. go to, there to watch yeah. a movie. I, just I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't, I, but I, I'm, I just feel lucky that I can enjoy these films because they're fun. Yeah. Not that they're particularly good quality right. or anything, so it's, it's kind of the same Yeah. Same thing. Speaking of Panda Express, I don't know if you knew this, but the leaders of Panda Express, the people on top, uh-huh. they, I, I recently found out about this, they are diehard uh, participants in the Landmark Forum. Do you know what the Landmark Forum is? I don't. So the Landmark Forum is this interesting little group, uh, sort of a therapy thing, mm-hmm. uh, where they they want to help break down your ego, and <laughs> and and what they do is they'll do things like company company gatherings uh, with uh, the Landmark group, and the people who work at Panda Express are. A lot of them are obligated to do this, especially in leadership positions like managers. And what they do is they'll do things to break down the ego, like they'll 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 have the CEO and the CEO secretary be uh, bounded by the legs, um, but bounded by the leg for a day, so that so that uh, like they they spend the whole day together like this, really close. And so uh, it's just like really weird, sort of <laughs> crazy things, but. What I'm trying to get at is that the landmark forum is essentially a cult, and they want to. You you join it. You you get this process done to you. You get indoctrinated, and then you go on and try to spread it and get more people to join the landmark forum. I know this because we had guests at the hostel, four of them who were part of the landmark forum. Wait, is that the one that the Chinese government persecuted? No, that's a, a Falun Gong. Okay. Yeah, that's different. That's that's entirely different. That okay. that I guess is so that's an actual cult. Uh, I mean, it kind of is, uh, so, from, this guy was on the podcast before as well, Jamie, he, his father was the, the head of a Christian cult, okay. and so he, he, he said, yeah, um, he was there when this, when these, these, these people are here, he's like, yes, I recognized immediately, this was, this was cultish, this has signs of, the symptoms of being a cult, and then, um, uh, Falun Gong is, is, he said it's kind of like that, there are physical yeah. and uh, emotional, positives of it but at the end of the day it's it's a little bit cultish that's right. that's his takeaway as as being someone who's raised in a cult but uh, but anyway people the, the panda express <laughs> brass you could say of the of panda express they are part of this landmark forum not to shit on landmark but but it's like you guys are a little strange of, huh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. yeah but but uh, there's a youtube video that you can i can direct you to at yes. some point but it's it's hilarious but I yeah, remember this. <laughs> but yeah, the Panda Express is your I love Hobbit history trilogy. of things that I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you really like electronics? Why? What what is the what's the draw? What what made you first so interested in electronics? Because they're rules. They're rules. They're, it's so expensive and unpredictable, but it seems like we can generalize some rules about how they behave, and it's sort of fun operating in that world, you know? It's like, it's a good mix of chaos and order. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the fact that it's... I think, like, instead work... Um, what, just having that unpredictableness to cause you... F- the, the frustration is actually kind of fun. That's good. That's in, in any sort of craft and work. 
yeah. if that's your passion and there's this the frustration is that process is what is so valuable and yeah you actually like it i love it yeah cool and like then, in doing it it's fucking frustrating <laughs> and sometimes I, I just like forego days of sleep just work trying to break this one thing or until it breaks me um usually it breaks me but uh, yeah when did when did you decide that you liked this uh, this so you were in china and then it was two and a half years ago uh during recent. my second semester of sophomore year when i was living in a school apartment <coughs> uh within a group of other students um it was very very just we're just neighbors in this block of apartments and it was when I got really into 3D printing and be able to like create these objects for fun, uh, like really strange, uh, useful things that for you know that I would just see during the day and just draw it out on the computer. And so I made this lamp that was kind of uh, designed using what's called computational fluid d dynamics, and so it simulated wine pouring from a bottle and spilling onto it. And so it was that was the stand I 3D printed it, and I was doing the wiring and I was trying to get a, a little light onto that so that. When I stick a bottle on it, it would look super cool at night. Uh, but then I had some, so I got that done, but and I used it, used a little uh, halogen bulb, and what that, and I turned it on for a party that night, and everybody's like, whoa, that's so cool and shit, and everybody was super impressed, and then I was uh, really happy. Next morning, I woke up, pop, the thing just snaps because of thermal stress because the lamp got too hot. But anyway, I decided, okay, the solution is to control the brightness. So I need a light dimmer. So I went to Amazon, got a $20 light dimmer. So um, in my mind, I had like a very simple way of how this circuit probably worked. I was like, it's probably what's called a, uh, I was very, oh shit, I'm, it's a podcast, people go listen to it. But uh, I thought it was a voltage divider. <laughs> oh, wow. We all know what that means. Uh, just in case uh, anyone listen. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just uh, think, for, for the sake of brevity. Most people yeah. know what that means. Uh, it's San Francisco, you never know. I think it's a lot of people... What does that mean? I don't know. So, so uh, a lamp uh, for halogen or the incandescent bulb, the old incandescent, mm -hmm. it, how it works is it has a piece of wire which glows red hot when you pass current through it, when mm -hmm. it dissipates heat. So you want to... The more voltage you put across the two terminals of that wire, the more current uh, it's going to drive and then the more, and the more energy that it, that it gives out. So if you can reduce the voltage across the wire, then... You can dim it. Uh, you can dim it. Mm -hmm. That's one way of dimming it. So, yeah, so it's sort of like a resistor. Oh, so why not put another resistor in series? So that the overall drop between these two resistors, say 120 volts, but this one ends up being the resistance the same, then you only have 60 volts growing across the wire. So it will be half as bright. It's not, um, but yeah. Uh, so that's what I thought it would work. So you have this sliding thing which adjusts the resistance of the second series resistor. Because um, that would be the simplest and the most ideal circuit way to do it, right? So I didn't really think much about it, and I was doing wiring at 2 a.m., just kind of get every, put everything together. I uh, put a wire wrong, blew the whole thing. The thing just ex just went poof and magic smoke, uh, and I cast the entire apartment block into darkness <laughs> at like 3 a.m. in the middle of North Carolina winter. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, and the next hour was so, I was just so, so embarrassed and just like so, everybody stared at me, that, that kid from Kazakhstan was smoking a cigarette, <laughs> oh shit, he smoked too, oh my god, and, and he, he finished half a pack at the end of the, of the whole thing, <laughs> and I was going back to the apartment, I was like, holy shit, I just feel so embarrassed, I can't even sleep, oh Jesus Christ, and then there's like this $20 light dimmer that it was like brand new and shit, I got from Amazon, ah, god damn, I gotta get my money's worth. So I open it up. Holy mother of God! There were like fifty different like components in that thing. It was that circuit was so ridiculous. I've never even seen half these components like before ever. Just I just don't know what they are. So I spent the next month obsessing about that that circuit, and uh, sort of reverse engineering and then like looking at part numbers and then getting free sample and trying to reconstruct it. Use and then learning how to sort of simulate circuits on computers like P-Spice and shit, um, it's, there's a software that, that does it, so learn how to use that thing and then, oh wow, that that circuit was actually m like magical. It was probably one of the most, the first in time in my life where 
I realized, holy shit, people are fucking like creative ass geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> like the way that thing works, it's not simply voltage divider because if you you can't just do it like a voltage divider. You can, but it's gonna it's gonna catch on fire, and you're gonna always be dissipating uh, uh, just the same amount of energy, uh, despite how much brightness you need, which sucks. You don't want to do that. That's you know if you. Uh, it, it should be the case that you know you you want half the brightness. You only lose you only use half the power, right? But if you use a voltage divider, it's just always going to dissipate the same amount of energy, and there's going to be a lot of heat going through that thing, which means you know uh, going as waste of power, and that's going to be a fire hazard. Like it's going to get to probably several hundred degrees with typical. I don't know how you would do it, but that's just not how they did it ever. And so they use this uh, thing called, a mechanism called phase control dimming, which uh, they use a bunch of exotic silicon components uh, wired up in a certain way with a bunch of uh, uh, passive components that do the timing and stuff. Uh, they exploit the fact that the, uh, the power line uses alternating current, which is changing, right? Like AC, uh, AC yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, it's a sinusoidal wave. Um, they use th that fact to basically uh, sw change how much of uh, so to turn on the circuit to pass current through the lamp during certain points of the AC cycle, so you result with a cut up. Uh, you have a K cut up waveform on uh, in terms of the, the flow of current through the the piece of wire. So you're sending an average amount of energy that's a percentage of the overall energy. So when the circuit's turned off, with ideal circuit components, there's zero current flowing and zero power drawn. And it's freaking genius, because if you want 50% bright, then you only use 50% energy that you would use before. Fuck. Fuck! <laughs> God. Like, nice. like I'm just really glad somebody so much design else. goes into like these simple-ass things, mm -hmm. and it's just like... People spend so much time for it on it for a good reason, because like... There's like the basic science, the ideal versions of the science that you, but then like, which is what scientists think about. But then like to make it into things that are useful in to people, to to society and shit that people would use that wouldn't just burst into flames, like takes so much more. Mm -hmm. Just like insanity, like literal home, insanity. Home, home homemade appliance, home household appliances. Right. Is. It takes Each little thing, just that kettle we use to boil water for this tea, that's... Uh, it takes insanity yeah. to design. Just And we can just go and trade 20 bucks for right. it at the store. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just like this normal thing, but... Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm glad somebody else is thinking about it, because I'm too stupid to, to understand all of that uh, in detail like you do. Well, what is what are the, the, the cutting-edge electronic things that are, uh, are going on now? Um, well, I, I don't know. I, um, I think, in, in terms, if you mean my technology, I, I really think cutting edge stuff is going on sort of like, it's just like pixie dusted everywhere. Because I think a lot of things are cutting edge, and the cutting edge, most cutting edge things are the least obvious to. I mean, just there. basically, this lamp um, is pretty cutting edge on its own. It right, but it's, it's, it's an implementation. You know, it's an implementation of a bunch of existing technologies for a very specific purpose, and I think that's what impresses me the most. Like I spent the last few days dissecting. Um, this device, am I, am I allowed to, to mention which company it is? I, sure. Okay, yeah, it's, it's Square. Ha, fuck you, Square. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Square. Fuck Square. Uh, so the, I the, actually catered an event for Square. Oh, the Swipey? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was, they had a party, a company party, sort of uh, around December, mm -hmm. I think. And at the time, I was doing temp jobs. So I was like, yeah. you know, one of the jobs was to cater this event, just bring people drinks and get them drunk. It was, it was really okay. cool. But, um... Yeah, it's just all these tech people, super fancy, super rich, fancy foods, fancy drinks. Just, but I was like the bottom feeder. I could I could eat all the food that I wanted and drink everything. And then uh, so the, their CEO goes up on the stage and gives this presentation. Cool, whatever. Yeah. I'm walking around, whatever. 
And the, one of the people working uh, with me just like, did you see the CEO? I was like, yeah, maybe. I didn't really get a good look at him. I was, maybe we got a glance. And then I found out he's the CEO of Twitter as well. Or, oh, shit. Yeah. Whoa. I think so. Don't quote me on that. That's what I think. Uh, but it's that's the nature of San Francisco is you uh, will just happen upon motherfuckers who are working in tech and yeah. just yesterday I discovered the, the LinkedIn's headquarters is just on the um, second admission like around that area yeah so it's just and also reddit I discovered is somewhere around here also in Soma and yeah you'll go past all these companies Uber and Twitter are on Market Street yeah and that's how it is here but that's how it is here yeah but anyway and, and today I also heard gossip about Eric Schmidt like one of the one of the heads of Google, uh, is like one of the biggest sleeper rounder. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, got it, it, it got to. And, and the person who, <laughs> who 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 uh, who told me about it was like, and he's like really ugly. <laughs> and he was saying how, and and motherfuckers part of. Oh Google, shit! And he, he, yeah, but but he just like does whatever fuck he wants. Yeah. You and speak, and you he's very pretty. And, and shit, and he was and he was comparing to to the other, uh, fucking, um, one of the founders of Google, mm -hmm. who also lives in the area, and and he's like saying, oh, he's decent enough to like, oh, even though he's also sleeps around, but he's decent enough to get a divorce. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, Silicon Valley man. Yeah, have you seen the show Silicon Valley? I'm not. not I, I need to jump back into the third season. It's it's really funny. Um, I didn't. I haven't really explored it since coming to San Francisco. <laughs> I watched it before, so when I finally went down to Silicon Valley, like Palo Alto, Menlo Park, uh, yeah. these, Cupertino, all these places, it really is like that. It is. It's this, it's this fantasy land. It's really interesting. But anyway, you're saying something about Square. Oh yeah. Oh shit. The hardware is so fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of really janky stuff, that was done in a way that was like very very sincere and very perfectionist and, and I very very much admire that mm. and I kind of want to meet the people who design hardware why not uh, I don't know have you do know about um because I think I can do that you're on angel list you're on uh, yeah uh, what's the other one shit there's one weave there's one mm -hmm. called weave it's like tinder but for finding tech motherfuckers I don't know was... <laughs> wait what yeah, yeah, okay. it's not it's not to hook up or anything, but it's to hook up in the sense of oh, I need a oh yeah sure, <laughs> but you go uh, you meet people who are like the engineers and things. Yeah. And I know about this because I worked for a month or two in uh, in this field. I really didn't like it, but anyway, that's, it's okay. That's engineers cool. are just very very unsexy. Complete, I, I think. I'm just not in that world. I just. I, I was I was a fly on the wall trying to learn as much as I could and ah. for something I didn't really like. I don't really like the tech world, but I'm glad somebody does because we wouldn't have these things, you know. I, I f see, the thing is I feel very conflicted about the tech world. How so? Um, I like the technology. I like the way people do things. I like people's work ethic. Um, I think the way... Having been through uh, four years of, of, of that, I, I think the, the way STEM people are just educated is, is broken. And, and it's breaking people, and it's, um, yeah. It's also n doesn't fit and prepare people for what needs to be done. Right, like what, where technology sits in the world. Because there's a world around it, there's context to technology, there's where it's needed, and um, people don't really learn about where it's needed, in, or they just learn it in a way that was like, oh, this is just part of my course requirement, these are my humanities requirements, and I need to finish them, and it's just the way my degree works. And then when I get there, I'll learn, but then by the time you get just, there, you're learning. Yeah, I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, so, doesn't really do it, doesn't, doesn't doesn't cut the job really well yeah. in the United States, the education. Yeah. Yeah, it goes for anything. You know, unless you're being a chemist or something, that shit's been the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, I mean, you learn the basics, that's that's good stuff that you need to learn. But yeah. to prepare people to work in, in Silicon Valley, you just got to do it. Right. So. Well, and also be decent human beings. 
Yeah, well, that's what uh, there's there's this weird intersection that you see with uh, with people in Silicon Valley and let's say let's say the Burning Man world. That's what they're that's the balance they're trying to strike is people who are a little bit crazy about the technology and then the people uh, they're also the same people. It's like this dual personality. The same people who like to go to Burning Man and just go fucking crazy and be Mad Max for a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's what it is. And uh, it's interesting. And these people, I have a lot of respect for these people. Um, they can hold these extremes in their head at the same time while living in this weird yeah. paradise where you, you get on the, the cow train and you see, you see people with VR headsets on and on the highways you see self-driving cars. Yeah. This is the kind of world we live in here in yeah. the Bay Area. Well, I have four more days here, but we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, uh, what were we talking before? We um, so before how a, a lot so like in in China. That's mm-hmm. where we're going all the way back. So, mm-hmm. so uh, what's how did you make end up moving to Singapore? Um. So there was a transition period in between. Uh, which my dad uprooted the family and, and brought my mom and me to, to, to the Bay Area. We lived here for a year, um, and after that, went back to China for a few months, and one uh, the day before we went to Singapore, my dad was like, hey son, we're going to Singapore tomorrow. Just the day before. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, cool dad. <laughs> well, well, Chinese, but like, what what's Singapore? <laughs> what's Singapore? <laughs> uh, and then we went there and lived there for, for 12 years. Oh, jeez. And now I'm a Singaporean citizen. So you didn't say bye to your friends or anything? Nope. Wow. Never really had oh, okay. friends that stuck around. Well, I was never really there. Yeah. <laughs> I was the one who was leaving I was, all the time. I was the, I was the same. I, okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I had some friends where it's just like, okay, I'm moving, guys. Bye. That's it. But anyway, well, I went to Singapore. Uh, you also went to Singapore? No, you. Oh, <laughs> like I, you. yeah. I was just going along the story. You went to Singapore because mm-hmm. uh, your dad's work or what? what also because my dad's work. Yeah, okay. And then we were, how, what was that like? I don't know very much about I was Singapore. like... I have a friend. Uh, no, I mean, this was years ago, but she, she's American. Um, but uh, she, she was born in Singapore, which is really weird to me. I don't know why... Anyway, oh, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know really America why. America citizen, gives citizenship to... Children of American citizens born overseas. It's a weird American law. No, yeah, of course, I knew that, but um, I don't know why in particular she was born in Singapore. It's, was it just happened to be the nine months after her parents um, were there? I don't know. Business, probably. Singapore was a tax haven. I never, never asked. Yeah? Okay, yeah. it's kind of like Switzerland or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what was that like? How Singapore? I don't know. I, I roughly know what China's like. I have no idea what Singapore's like. Um... Very, very organized. Um, very, very developed in that way. Um, the people are very underdeveloped and very repressed. And you know what I'm going to say on public for the first time? Um, and, well, if the Singapore government's listening, please just stop listening. Well, you know what? I don't give a fucking word. Fuck you guys. Fuck you, Lee Sien Lo. Fuck you, uh, motherfucker. Um, I, in my personal opinion, the two great, the, 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 the two best, the, the two top dictatorships in the world, uh, in, in this order are North Korea, well, no, you know what, they are, they can't be compared, so I'm not going to rank them, it's North Korea and Singapore. Um, wow. North Korea, be, be, oh, because it's so complete, and Singapore because it's so perfect, because nobody knows that it's a dictatorship. Or, no. Yeah, explain that, what, was, what do you mean by that? Because they've managed to be effectively a dictatorship while making everybody think that it's one of the hap- it's it's one of the best countries in the world. How so? Well, I mean, like in terms of all the metrics of, of like corruption and GDP and, and shit like that, it's 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 technically the best country ever, right? So it's gotta be a fucking uh, utopia, but but. But no, like people are, are there's so much inc- like ridiculous income inequality. The 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 press the amount of press freedom is one of the worst in the world, um, and it's it's just we we still have a fucking death sentence. We have a mandatory death sentence, and you know like the, like there's an article 
in 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 the law, like article, it's called three seven seven A, and it's very very famous in Singapore. And it's explicitly about like sodomy between gay men and just like shit like that. And like, uh, where did that come from? I I don't know. It's just always a part of Singapore. It just never got changed, and they're very adamant about not changing it. Right, look up Article seven seven A, three seven seven A. Three seven seven A. Yeah, it's a, it's about butt fucking. <laughs> Article 377... Yeah, just look up 377. Yeah. Okay, there we got it. Indian. Oh, no. Uh, uh, 377. 377A. Yep. 377A, Singapore. Yep. Are we correct here? Yep. There we go. Okay. So oh, the penal code. Do we have a easier, shorter version? Let's oh, it's very short. It's any very male, explicit. Any male who in public or private commits or abets the commission of or procures or attempts to procure the commission by any male person of any act of gross indecency with another male person shall be punished with imprisonment for a term which may extend to two years. It lays out the exact sentence. There is no, like, and, and... It permeates so deeply into society. It's like we have a mandatory conscription thing, which is uh, which lasts for two, the active service for two years, and then the inactive service for up until either forty-five or fifty-five years old. Mm -hmm. um, and so they screen you before they enlist you, right? And that part of screening, it's both a physical screening and a psychological screening. In the psychological portion, that's where the medical officer. Um, who is someone who's also probably, most likely, a full-time, uh, if they call it national service, uh, and national servicemen, um, uh, NSF, they call it national service full-time, and uh, they're just, they just graduate from medical schools, and so they get to examine you and ask you questions, and so they'll pull you aside into a private room, and they'll ask you, are you homosexual? And uh, because it's, it's classified as a, a mental disease. And uh, if you're homosexual, then for the entirety of your four years, you'll be put away into a special uh, vocation, uh, away from all the other, all your friends who are going to, you know, barracks and shit, and you'll just be like, uh, they're kept away from, like, uh, the, 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 the barracks where, you know, they're gleaming male bodies. <laughs> just, like, just can't help yourself, man. Like, we just can't trust you around these, these other boys, <laughs> strapping uh, young lads. Singapore is... Muslim? Nope. What is this? So Singapore does a great job thinking it's got perfect racial harmony and religious assurance. What is up with this uh, flag? It then? says it's secular. Well, it's got a... It's a... Well, when the British colonized Singapore, they were predominantly Muslim. Oh, they're, yeah. The people well, that, uh, okay, yeah, so that... Native... In, in Southeast Asia, yes. I don't understand... I've never had a hugely uh, strong grasp of why Islam is there. Um, some dudes from Arabia just brought it over, like... Through trade or something, they just sort of well, came yeah, off the boat and they're just like, hey, yeah. what's up, Muhammad? Here, here's this, try this new religion. Peace be, peace be upon him. Please try this new religion. And people are like, yeah. Interesting, because Indonesia is uh, the country yep. with the most Muslims in, yes, the world. in the world. So, yeah, I, I didn't know why, but okay, it was as simple as that. Yeah, just, some dude just took a boat. <laughs> some dude just took a boat. Yeah, some missionary. Interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, they just yeah. said yeah. Yeah, but uh, continue about Singapore. Oh yeah, Singapore. Uh, so you had to do this military service because were you considered a citizen of Singapore? Yeah, yeah. I took up some uh, ship mm -hmm. uh, sometime uh, during high school. Mm -hmm. And how how long? What's the nature of the of the military service? It's two years. It was two years of my life. <laughs> oh, fuck. Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, I was very enthusiastic about it. Man. Yeah. I mean, you're a young man. You know, was, yeah, just yeah. Jumping into these things. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had to do Korea's two year military service, so he did two years freshman, sophomore year at Purdue University, I think. Yeah. He went to do two years in the service. Yeah. So then I was already done, and he's like, "I got two more years." I was like, "Wow." Wow. That's crazy. Uh, Taiwan's different now. I think if I went, uh, if I returned to Taiwan and tried to live there, mm -hmm. I would have to do like back service, which would be just uh, it'd, it'd just be a week actually, and I would be doing okay. something like translation or something, something simple, simple shit for yeah this idiot. Uh, 
Yeah. But anyway, um, can you explain a bit what the, the, the service is like in Singapore? Um, First of all, who's Singapore uh, having to defend? Uh, who are they defending against? Who's their beef with? Yeah, who's their beef with? Um, mostly Malaysia and Indonesia. Yeah. Okay. Did, they, ever, where, did, did they clash? Uh, not well. Not recently. Well, not really in terms on any sort of aggressive terms. Just like you know, hey, take care of your smog problem so it doesn't float over to Singapore and okay. shit like yeah, yeah, yeah. Take care of your forest fires and shit like that. Mm-hmm. All right, you know. Oh, here's the price of water because of uh, shit like that. But uh, uh, most recently because you know terrorist groups, I guess. Mm-hmm. And also, there, there's the reason is pretty complicated. I feel like, cause Singapore is so small, so like, and it sort of doesn't really have. Any, you know, it's not part of a huge uh, political bloc like small countries in Europe. So, like, the only way it can assert itself diplomatically is to, you know, also have a military, a significant military. Mm-hmm. So, it's trying to be really beefy about that, but uh, so that people take it seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what kind of stuff were you doing as part of your uh, two years? I was an infantry. Mm-hmm. I was an infantry guy. Like, yeah, which was where everybody else was. And, uh, did infantry stuff, which probably, like, people, everybody will say suck the most, because everybody wants to be in a tank, or, like, uh, you know, f- just, uh... Some fancy equipment. Yeah, some fancy equipment shit, not just fucking infantry, that's what, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and you were describing the other day, this fascinating, uh story about being struck by a lightning oh yeah i got North. struck by lightning <laughs> yeah explain that for the people at home because i've heard this story and I'm just, i just was that's 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 fascinating to me let's 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 go into that um so uh, i was in the second half of my first year i was still doing training um but this was like more advanced training um after basic military training mm, and it was a defense exercise, and I was, uh, it was a defense exercise, and a bunch of cadets, uh, officer cadets, um, just running around in the jungle on the side of a hill, trying to, uh, di- just try to, try to entrench ourselves in this defensive position, uh, you know, concertina wires, fire trenches, and shit like that, and I was part of a bunch of, uh, four or five, no, it's like six guys. Uh, trying to dig the platoon command post, which is really just a hole in a hole in the ground, <laughs> um, a special hole in the ground. But special, anyway, it's special. We were just. Re- <laughs> <laughs> uh, this thing was called Operation uh, Scorpion or something like Scor- Scorpion King. Oh shit! It's, I know. I still don't remember what it's called. It's called Operation Scorpion King. That's badass. Uh, and it's. Uh, one of the graduation exercises of the basic term of uh, o- OCS, uh, of with, during which you know they sort the kids into like, oh you're gonna be infantry officer, you're gonna be artillery, and they send other kids away. But anyway, um, on the side of the hill, tired as shit, you know, just having moved through jungle and like being woken up at three a.m. and just marching through the jungle like tactically, <laughs> like a fucking rocket launcher on my back. Oh, <laughs> and, like, you're full that combat. guy. You gotta carry I that, shit. Love that shit. Oh, How heavy is that? It's really it's twelve kilograms, which is like twenty five pounds. One piece of equipment. Right, and then just the rest of my other <laughs> shit your, and my yeah. like body armor and my helmet right, and right. my rifle and, and it was it was a hassle. And I got there, uh, you know, um, and we just had to dig this hole in the ground. And, and we're just digging, and it's like, oh, I might, like, pass out, but don't. And anyway, so then it was, started getting raining. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. It's kind of cool now. Like, it's Cooling you off. Future. You're moving a lot. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, they call uh, pause to, to the exercise. Uh, the platoon uh, instructor, uh, he was right next to us, so he's like, oh, we, like, it's starting to rain. It was, they call it cats something, but uh, it's, like, for thunder or some shit like that but and you know so everybody stop what they stop what they're doing and we take cover and he was just right next to us he was told oh uh, take cover around this uh, around the the, the the command post which was also next to this tree it was a very big tree <laughs> uh, everybody was kind of tired so I, I think who put maybe, this dude in charge who put this dude shit? in charge <laughs> but nobody was thinking and nobody like checked 
we're like, uh, we're just like really tired. Nobody was thinking. Um, and so we're just sitting around there, just being really tired. Um, uh, and it was a few minutes, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, a huge explosion in the middle of the six of us. Just a blinding flash of light, a huge sound. And then just, um, it feels like there was like a space in between. Or maybe that's like my mind kind of like when I think back on it, inserts that into what happened. I don't know. This is so long ago. Uh, but I do remember there being just like uh, the, it's, it felt like immediately it was like the in initial beachhead scene of, of like Saving Private Ryan after the artillery shell hits. like One that he, he couldn't hear. And he was yeah, his motion. ear was ringing and then there was like half stuff happening. Everything just seemed like really slow as if it was like in, in slow motion. And his vision was slightly blurred, and then, you know, stuff was happening, and, like, you know, horrifying stuff was happening around him, like, this dude's arm was breaking, it was, like, torn off, and he was, like, picking up and shit. And at that point in time, like, like, my, it was almost as if, like, the sensory part of my brain, which was feeding the visual images into my brain, was separated from the part that was capable of in interpreting stuff, that that part of the brain just, like, fell asleep, because there was, like, lightning and shit. Because you just got hit. <laughs> so I fucking hit you my lightning. Got hit. And, and for some reason, I couldn't feel my arms and legs uh, as I was. That part of my brain started coming back. I was like, holy shit, I can't feel my arms and legs. Did they get, like, blown off by a life grenade or something? Yeah, I was know. really confused. I didn't know. Uh, and then, just a split millisecond later, just a, just a white hot bolt of pain just shoots up through my limbs. <laughs> It was very, very full. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all these, like, big guys around me just, like, start screaming. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I joined in, because, like... Because it fucking cause, hurt. Yeah, because it fucking... <laughs> Holy shit. Because got hit by lightning. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> Eventually, at some point in time, uh, I remember throwing up and also passing out. Uh, and then waking up as uh, as my... Uh, the, the the company sergeant major was carrying uh, me on his back like a fireman fireman car carry some shit like I don't remember what it's called and just just running down the hill <laughs> like it was like holy shit I'm getting his right on the company sergeant major <laughs> and he's usually just like shouting at us like making it just like Puh. that's when you knew something was up oh yeah <laughs> holy shit this is awesome and probably terrifying at the same time <laughs> and there were ambulances at the bottom and. I saw the five other guys getting carried in, and I was like, and he put me down, and, you know, he started, uh, she, she was like, you know, and I was, she realized I was conscious, and so I didn't get put into the ambulance for some reason. I don't know, I didn't really think about it, because I, maybe because I was kind of stupid at that point, or just like. Maybe they know what's best. They, yeah, they yeah, nobody just okay. like, thought to, and I just carried on with exercise, and I just dug the hole anyway. <laughs> it was more work. You're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Another, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that was the story of how it got struck by lightning. And so here's the thing. Uh, all the other guys, uh, actually, no, all the other guys, except for me and, and one person, all had tinnitus. And they still have tinnitus to this day. Shit. <laughs> From the day they, they got struck by lightning. And uh, so tinnitus, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a constant ringing in your ear. That never... Ever goes it away. doesn't fade. It doesn't. You don't forget about it. Nope. It's just always there. Fucking hell. Um. It's like some some like sensory nerve that in your brain that's just permanently miscalibrated. Fuck. Um. And there's so for me, I thought there were no like lasting effects other than some burns on my hands and feet. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the day after I got struck by lightning, I. Well, it wasn't like the day, it was like slowly over a few days when I was, my brain was stopped being in denial that something was going on. It was, if I had to put in words, it felt like there was a literal fog in my brain. Just like, if before my vision was clear, not like my vision of looking inside my thoughts was clear, there was not a fog. Um, I, used, I used to really like to read and stuff, and, and, I, and I read a lot of books, and uh. Uh, but then after that, I tried reading, and it was just like... It was just in one year out the other, sort of. It, it, no, it's just almost like I just couldn't make sense of long paragraphs. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's, you, you, okay, yeah. I guess it's like you, you can see the words, you understand. You I know understand, what these words are, and right. then you try to think about You try to do some reading comprehension. You said, 
really know what just right. happened. It requires working memory. Um, yeah. And so, like, I remember for almost two years, like, I never associated with lightning because it just never occurred for me to. Um, Wait, did anyone tell you that you got hit by lightning? No, I, I knew that I got hit by lightning, yeah, but okay. then it was, like, sort of Other just things. constant activity going on in the... In that was a little different from before. Right, it was, like... It, it was, didn't feel the same. But it was constant, but it was slightly different. It was constant. Um, and it's, like... I just never really paid attention to it because, like, there was still, you know, officer cadet stuff to do uh, and, you know, push-ups to do and, and, like, you know, it was also the gas chamber happening. Oh, yeah, they put me in a fucking gas chamber and tear gas. Oh, for tear gas. Yo, oh, okay. shit. <laughs> they do that at the Air Force Academy as well. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. But uh, when you said gas chamber, I was thinking, like, oh, Holocaust. Kill, kill. Yeah, no, that's not... That, that would not be realistic. Yeah, if I... Whew. I didn't, I was just for a second, I was just thinking, I didn't know that Singapore was fucking with gas chambers like the Nazis, but okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, no, no but yeah, we went on a tangent. Uh, ne- never associated with the lightning. Um, so for two years, I remember going to sleep in the evening, just like thinking if I, I get enough rest today, if I eat, eat right, I eat my, I, you know, eat really well, uh, exercise, take care of my body, I'll meditate. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I'll, I'll, I won't feel like this anymore. And for two years, like, just, like, never happened. And, and just never happened in general. Just, just like, didn't feel right. Yeah. For two years. Oh, no, it still doesn't feel right. Still it's, doesn't feel it, right. The fog is still there. It's there constantly. It's, it, it happened in 2010. It's 2006. So it's been there for six, six years. Six years. Yeah, but, like, the effects are, like, slowly just more, less and less noticeable because it's just, like, it's normal life for me now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've also developed mechanisms for, like, coping with certain areas of my life to uh, either uh, make up for it in certain ways or just, like, exploit it in a way. Uh, I think the reason why I became more stream of consciousness, like, or, like, enabling my stream of consciousness is, like, yeah, I can't, I just don't have attention span to do things anymore, so, like, I just have to... Not question question stuff less and just go with it. That's good though. I mean, it's a interesting little side. Would you have been this way if this didn't happen to you? I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. Maybe. So that changed who you are essentially. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I am who, the way I am, because, like... Because lightning hit you, I got literally. Yeah. A lot of people will say they came, they were ins- it's like a metaphor for being inspired or something, but this is real I was, you. Yeah. You got fucking hit by... Right, and it was, like, totally, like, I was really sad for a really long time. Shit. And then, like, eventually I just, like, I used humor to, I, I, like, you know, I, 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 I self-deprecated a lot, because I was very, very... I was, when I first, like, found uh, found out the effect, neurological effects, which was actually a freshman year of college after I almost uh, just, like, fucked up at college. Um, and I didn't know what was going on, so I spent, like, months just trying to figure out. And eventually when it re- when somebody told me that it might have been lightning and then showed me, like, the research that, and it was, like, sort of exactly what I was going through. And it was, I was, I was really, really just, like, holy shit, this is real. Like, my brain is just going to be like that. Uh, I had a hard time dealing with it, and so, like, self-deprecating really helped, and it involved me saying, like, things that made people uncomfortable, I think. Like what? And I think maybe I wanted to, in a way, subconsciously make people uncomfortable, kind of, like, test their limits, like, is this me, version of me, okay? Like, am I allowed to feel okay? Validate me, like, mm. and so things I would say would be like, you know, hey, you know, uh, to, to my friends would be like, uh, you, you know, like, uh, so they would ask me about what it feels like, um, I'd be like, Oh, you know, the DC Comics, like, uh, The Flash, uh, Barry Allen, Wally West. I'm, I'm kind of like The Flash. <laughs> uh, except uh, uh, we, we both got struck by lightning, but uh, The Flash got super speed, and the lightning just made me retarded. <laughs> <laughs> this made people uncomfortable? Yeah, because the word. Uh, but I was actually okay. literally... I, like, I, I have deficiencies in my working every memory. Every sense of the word. Yeah. Deficiencies. And my processing... I did, like, psychological tests. They were, like, tests by, to my processing speed and shit. It was just... That's a whole other discussion. People yeah. being offended by the word retarded. Yeah. Just threw it out the window. That's oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I just... 
Yeah. And that helps so much, man. Good. That's fascinating. I, 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 because the the part of the story we ended with last time that I that I heard was just that uh, that you just kept digging. That's as far as I knew. <laughs> but then I went on to this oh, yeah. this whole rest of this uh, life shifting. It's it's a life shifting event. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's like I can't even conceptualize what life would be if I didn't get struck by lightning. Yeah, I didn't even get struck by lightning, and I think about me six years ago, let's say, and I was a different person too. Yeah. But uh, that had nothing to do with some sort of, <laughs> like, an act of God. <laughs> and maybe in a way, see, interesting thing is, maybe in a way, it didn't. But I sort of, like... Uh, attach, attach the, it, the yeah. changes to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I think that's unlikely. Because there were hardships that came from it that forms who you are now. So. Mm. Yeah, and also that's that that w- that's a not relevant thought anyway, because like nobody has a time machine. Yeah, yeah. You don't. You can't see <laughs> the can't tangents, really you know. Compare. Or maybe you can. That's a whole another physics discussion about uh, parallel yeah, universes. Don't care. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're coming up on our time. That was a fascinating discussion. <laughs> that's really amazing. Uh, one of the most unique podcasts we've had. So thank you for oh, being on. Awesome.